0: Hi, Chris. Good to have you on the show.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Hardy. It's my pleasure.
0: <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know who you are, what you do, um, please, please give them an, a short introduction. Sure. My name's uh, Chris
1: Patterson. I live in Jacksonville, Florida, actually Atlantic Beach, Florida. I've owned a seven-figure agency for the last 18 years called Interchanges,
0: and I'm also a, an executive coach. Cool. So um, let's just start right away. So um, how did you grow Interchanges and um, what did you do when you were just starting out?
1: Um, Well, they say motivation comes from one of two things, either inspiration or desperation. When I I started my company, I happened to be both. I had just been uh, fired from a, a corporation called America Online AOL and uh, i was i was quite shocked i was let go with um, many other people at the same time and long story short i i needed to do something to pay the bills so i found a little piece of software to build websites online and i thought well i'll just do this until i find a real job and here i am what 18 19 years later and I still haven't found a real job so <laughs> That's how how the company started.
0: (laughs) So how did you go about the whole customer acquisition thing? Were you cold calling people or knocking on doors? Or what did you do to to, to grow the business in the early days? Uh, Great question. So the
1: (laughs) the funny thing is I had no idea what I was doing. I uh, I had a lot of zeal with no wisdom, but uh, one, one of the things I decided to do, my I thought, man, I'll get, I'll go get a bunch of those lawn signs and I'll put websites for sale and I'll put my number at the bottom of it and I'll stick them in every corner I can inside the Jacksonville area. So um, this was before I'd even sold a website or knew anything about marketing really. And when, what, when was this, like in 1990 or, or Yeah, it would, have been, it, it would have been 2000. Yeah, right, right at okay. a year 2000. It was right after 9-11 and it was uh, 2000 I started. So I went to a sign shop. And uh, I said, hey, I want to make these websites. And they said, what's well, a website? <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, you guys don't have one? They said, no, I don't. And I said, well, look. I said, I normally don't do this. I said, but you make the signs for free for me. I'll build you a website. Uh, it's normally $3,000, but give me 1500 bucks, and we'll call it a day. So that was actually my first sale. <laughs> I saw the, the $1,500 website, and uh, I had these signs, these lawn signs put all over the city, Still I, until I started getting calls from uh, the city of Jacksonville saying, you can't do that. So <laughs> that was my first weak attempt at marketing myself. And uh, not glorious, but here I am.
0: <laughs> and, and how did you go from there? Um, what what did you do? Like, like uh, what kind of marketing did you do?
1: So really, it was just a lot of calling. Um, okay. You know, again, back then, we didn't have social media and Facebook oh, and all okay. these other things. Um, it was just... Yeah you know, it's a miracle I survived, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I was I always love people. I've always just been a, a people lover. So I I have no problem reaching out to strangers, calling people. So I would literally um, I would I'd go to bed about midnight uh, every night I'd get up at about four or five in the morning. And so I'd only get about four or five hours sleep. And I would do all my research in the morning until about 9 a.m. Then I would start making all my phone calls and I would let people know, hey, listen, I've Got a website for you to see, and it's for you. And uh, I run my appointments during the day. So I was working around the clock. I mean, it was, you know, everyone talks about the hustle and the grind. And uh, I don't recommend that long term, but, you know, sometimes we go through seasons where we got to do what we got to do. So that's basically how I started. And then eventually I got to a place where I, I could afford to hire a part time person to help me build out the websites and uh, i did that and now we're a completely different company you know we we offer every kind of digital marketing you can imagine uh, i've got 160 uh, people that i work with you know i've got 160 virtual workers i got eight full time workers so you know we we've, expanded, we've we've expanded dramatically i'm very proud of the fact that we've helped our customers generate over 1.4 billion dollars in revenue that's a ton yeah so you know it's great when we make money for me i always believe you know it's really about the customer what can we do to help them uh, achieve their goals and accomplish their dreams so that's what we do
0: so in the early days you were all about the grind and hustling and uh, making calls and just trying to get to get this whole agency thing going right
1: yeah well it was survival mode right (laughs) <laughs> um, there's, there's there's four stages usually there's typically four stages most people start out in their survival stage, and then once they've gotten behind the survival, then they're somewhat stable. So stability is the next level. From stability to success is the toughest jump. You got to get to the it's success toughest. part next, right? So uh, survival, stability, success, and then ultimately where I'm at now, I'm living a life of significance where I want to make a difference in a lot of other people's lives. It's not about just me and trying to take care of my life. It's uh, it's about helping other people expand theirs, which is why I do the uh, Live Large Coaching. And if you want to check out my website, and by the way, this might be a good time to say, um, for your audience, I've got these performance planners that have helped me grow my company dramatically, grow my life. Uh, if anyone out there is interested, this is normally a $50 planner, but I want to give these away for free. If anybody's interested in one of these, just go to LiveLargeCoaching.com. I'll also give you a free 30-minute coaching session.
0: So jump on there and check it out. <laughs> I love this. It. LiveLargeCoaching.com. So, live so, <laughs> so um, what were your most important insights about customer acquisition? Or acquisition?
1: Um, you know, I think, again, because we didn't have the the leverage of the Internet the way that we do now, Back then, it was just uh, persistent consistency. Um, you know, every day, how many phone calls can we make? How many um, trade shows can we go to? How many um, networking events can we be at? So it was a lot of face-to-face. It was just really trying to get in front of people. By the way, that model still works extremely well. You know, uh, they say sometimes the worst place to be if you're trying to make money is behind your computer. Uh, the, the <laughs> The best place is to be out and about and meeting people. And, you know, now it's beautiful because you know, here we are. Yeah, we could do a virtual handshake the way we have it now. So it's really a lot easier nowadays than it's ever been. Uh, competition has increased and people have gotten better at their craft, all those kinds of things. But nevertheless, it's uh, it's getting belly to belly, people to people. That's really the best way to grow your business,
0: especially if you're just starting out okay so so let me rephrase it because like a lot of young people in their early 20s are now listening so um what are common mistakes you see people do when they try to acquire new customers
1: um i think i think you know i kind of just mentioned the first one um is just trying to do everything digital i mean okay. eventually you you know people still buy from people you yeah. know so eventually you've got to get offline you've got to meet people you have to have a phone call at least a skype conversation or a zoom conversation I really think that's the best way to to do it, but a lot of people are they're afraid of the phones. My goodness, you know, I've hired a lot of millennials and I understand they've grown up and they've texted everybody from the time they were two years old and uh, they don't know how to have a conversation anymore Um, or they're afraid to, I shouldn't say they don't know how, they're just afraid to because they're not used to it. I would say the biggest hurdle for a young person to get over is learn how to have face-to-face conversations, build relationships, um, you know there's two things that are more important to me than any amount of money and number one is the reputation that I'm building and the relationships that I'm building along the way so if you can have that focus how can I build great relationships long term relationship. how can I build a phenomenal reputation the rest will usually follow over a period of time
0: Yeah I love this so um what 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 would be your best advice on building a, a great reputation
1: Um that's that's simple but not easy. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, I think the word integrity comes to mind Yeah, and do what you say you're going to do. If you tell somebody, Hey, I'm going to call you on Tuesday at three o'clock. You better call them on Tuesday at three o'clock. You and I had a quick conversation. We booked an appointment. Boom. You, you were, you, uh, reached out to me uh, a half hour before we were going to meet yeah Uh, let me know hey i'm looking forward to it but just doing what you say you're going to do the little things i'm telling you if you want a strategic advantage in business because nobody does this anymore do what you say you're going to do Do, and and oh i forgot no i'm sorry and the next thing you know you're too embarrassed to even reach back out to them just do what you say you're going to do and that goes after the sale too if you tell somebody hey i'm going to have you report to you by the 15th of every month, it better be there on the 15th of every month. But that just builds trust. It builds relationship little
0: by little by little over a long period of time. And, and I think this is a very, very, very important because like, um, people are always stuck in all those big things, but just little things really matter now. really, really important. And I think most people, especially in their early 20s, are very unreliable, right? Well, yeah, and that's not
1: just the millennials. I was the same way when I was in my early twenties. <laughs> you know, I think I think we're just folks We're we're transitioning now. This is how my life was. I'm not blaming everybody out there that this is how. But for me, I was so self absorbed. I was so just me, me, me. If it didn't help me, then I didn't care. And I just got so caught up in being so self absorbed, and it actually made me really unhappy. One of the things that changed my life was a, a mentor of mine. Very famous guy back in the 80s and 90s for sure. His name was
0: Zig Ziglar. Oh, one of the best sales trainers in the world, right?
1: Great, the one of the greatest speakers, motivators, salespeople, amazing. And uh, I had the opportunity to be mentored by him every Sunday for an hour every Sunday uh, for 12 months. And uh, one of the first things he taught me was a quote: "It's uh, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people." Get what they want. Now, wrap, you better wrap your head around that because most of the time we're like, "Yeah, but I'm trying to get what I want. I'm trying to get what I want. I'm trying to get what I want." Exactly. exactly. And if, you flip, if you flip it around and you go, "Hey, listen, you know, I really want to forget about myself and I just want to help as many other people get what they need in life," and that's that's exactly what I do. And again, you know, I. I I'd like to do free coaching calls and uh, explore possibilities with people. And that's why I have that opportunity to go to livelargecoaching.com and schedule a 30 minute with me if you're interested. I'd love to help. No obligation, no fees, no tricks. I just really want to help people.
0: <laughs> so, um, You're obviously like very, very experienced and very successful. So um, let's give our listeners something practical. What do you think would be now in 2019 the best way for small small business owner or for a new entrepreneur to grow a customer base? Maybe through Facebook advertising. What would be your advice? So one of one of the theories that we follow it's called marketing gravity. All right. So
1: marketing gravity. If if you if you kind of think of a, a wagon wheel or a bicycle. And each, you know, every one of those bicycles or wagon wheel has spokes in it. So each one of those spokes is an avenue that you can use to market your business. All right. So search engine optimization, I noticed that's something you do. That's a that's a spoke of marketing. So is Facebook ads. So are YouTube ads. So is uh, networking. So is cold calls. All of those are different ways. So I'm not smart enough to know where my next piece of business is going to come from. But I am smart enough to know that I got to have as many fishing poles in the pond as I possibly can. The more (laughs) fishing poles I got in there, the better chance I'm going to catch a big one. So I I would really say mix up your marketing. Uh, Don't get sucked into just one thing that you do. Uh, Try, you know, try webinars. Try all kinds of different things. Eventually, you're going to find three or four that really work for you and your niche. And uh, that's the way to keep
0: going forward and build your business. So basically you are a big believer in the omni-channel approach, right? Like doing everything.
1: Um, Not everything, but, you know, er everything that you can within the realm of reality. So, you know, for us, I think we've probably got about, I don't know, at least a dozen different channels that we've, uh, you know, we've got our poles in the water in a dozen different places and we're just waiting for somebody to bite.
0: Yeah. So um, I, I think this is great advice and you see like a lot of big guys in the marketing space like nee Patel, also doing this whole omni-channel approach, doing YouTube videos, podcasts, blog posts, and so on and so forth. So um, um, let, let's talk about scaling a business because you you, you grew your, your company to a like very, very big company. What were your most important insights about scaling a business? I'm sorry, you cut out just a little bit there. Tell me. Um, what were your most important insights about scaling in business? Um, first and foremost, realizing I
1: couldn't do it by myself. Okay. You know, and I, I think a lot of people are stuck being solo entrepreneurs. Um, and it's because of, it's really just a, a fear of losing control. And uh, when I was younger, I was very much a perfectionist and uh, it had to be the way I saw it. And uh, that was really a, a huge learn, uh, learning curve for me to get, get out of my own way. And let other people help me. And here's the thing, you know, not everybody does it exactly the way I thought they should do it or do it with excellence. Um, but you know, I realized other people doing it good, not great, like I would think to do it, is better than me doing it great because now I can leverage multiple people across, you know, multiple different areas. And that's eventually how we went from, you know, me hiring a part-time employee to then a full-time to then multiple full-time to then you know lots of virtual workers. But I had to get out of my own way. I was causing
0: my own problems. So basically, you think like um, a lot of entrepreneurs try too late to hire new people, and it's really important to build a team, right? Yeah, um, I think I think your itself. I think your
1: first investment should be into somebody else. I mean, look at look at how I started. I was you know getting four or five hours sleep every night, and I was working all day, all afternoon, all night. And I was gonna burn out eventually. So in my mind, I was like, as soon as I can afford to bring somebody else on, that'll relieve my time. and It'll give me the opportunity to focus on what's most important. Uh, By the way, what's most important if you're running an agency or a business, sales and marketing, sales and marketing, sales and marketing. Nothing else (laughs) happens until you do some marketing and you get some sales. So it's really important to follow up on those two. So I shouldn't have been building logos. I shouldn't have been designing websites. That was not what was gonna build my business. Handing that over to somebody else to do was then the perfect opportunity for me to continue to grow the
0: business through sales. So um, we also had like a few podcast guests on the show who are talking about that uh, some entrepreneurs are um, trying to scale their business too fast. So what are your thoughts on, on scaling a business too fast?
1: Well, the... The two worst things about growing a business is, number one, growing too slow, and number two, growing too fast. (laughs) So so you got to kind of find that happy medium. Um, You know, there's some people that can double, triple their business, but they've already got their systems in place. They've already got the right people in place. But if you don't, um, you know, I've actually, I've, I've got several friends or people I've actually mentored. And they're so excited. They got a franchise that had 300 different franchise outlets, and they were going to go from just selling one of them to selling all 300 of them. And I've just been like, look, if you do that, you are going to crush your business. Like, oh, you're crazy. It's going to all work out. They're so optimistic. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, the reality is they've taken on those kinds of campaigns. They weren't ready for it. And, uh, you know, it's. There's an old ancient saying that says, if you're going to build a tower, you need to count the cost. Otherwise, if you can't finish <laughs> the tower, you're going to be the one who's embarrassed. So I don't think growing too fast is a good idea, but uh, it's it's growing at the pace that you know that you can handle it is really the best way to grow.
0: And I think um, you you can't give out like a, a magic formula um, for this happy medium, right? How do you mean? Yeah, like... like- there isn't a way to, to, to really say, okay, this is how you should scale a business, right? Like certain percentages or something like that.
1: Uh, No, I mean, there's, there's, there's people that are ready to double their business. There's people that are only ready to increase it by 10%. So yeah, I don't think there's a magic number that you can throw up there for everybody. (laughs) Uh, Just like people, every business is different and every person is different. So you really have to just know yourself and, uh, ask yourself the right
0: questions and then be ready to handle it. If, if that opportunity comes up. Okay. So, um, like, what would you say, uh, in your, on your agency, um, what are the marketing channels that have the best return on investment? Is it like Facebook advertisements or.
1: Um, for us, we do a lot of LinkedIn. That's one of our services.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. One of our services, target audience pipeline, where we, uh, we help our customers, find their perfect target audience on LinkedIn. And then we have a sequence that we follow up through messaging and personal messages, emails. But uh, that's been a very, very successful one for us, especially because of the type of clientele that we go after. Uh, we like to go after high ticket services or sales. So if somebody sells you know, manufacturing equipment, it's not hard to get them a return on investment if they're selling a half million dollar truck you know yeah. so we got to help them sell a couple trucks a year and they're pretty happy with us <laughs> we help sell 10 10 a month and well they're even more happy but then they've got the scaling problem right
0: <laughs> so yeah
1: hopefully that hopefully that answers your question
0: so 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 basically uh linkedin sales navigator or, or linkedin ads so no we don't do the ads but uh, we use okay. sales navigator uh, is
1: one of the things that we do and we've done a ton of testing on this by the way uh, that's another thing is marketing is testing. So if you're not willing to lose, you know, maybe on your first five campaigns, um, you're going to you're going to be in for a rude awakening and you're going to get depressed and sad and upset. But for us, we fully understand that marketing is a series of tests and a lot of those tests are going to fail. You know, it's kind of like when you're trying to create the light bulb, you got to go through thousands of iterations until the thing lights up. And, uh, you know, for us, we've been able to dial it in over the years, but. I'd say the things that work best for us, LinkedIn strategies is one of them. I've got uh, I've got people that do nothing but call people all day. Some some warm leads, some cold leads, but we're just constantly calling people. Uh, I do a lot of podcasts, you know, things like just like what we're doing right now. I think it's a great way to get your message out to thousands of people with exactly. one conversation. So there's uh, there's many ways to do it. Uh, I, I like podcasts. I
0: like the smile and dial, so to speak, and and I also <laughs> like LinkedIn. So, 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 let's uh, talk a little bit about LinkedIn because I never heard anybody else uh, talk about like LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So, because I thought like so many people are using it that it doesn't work, right? But um, it, it obviously works for you. So, um, what were the most important insights on, on LinkedIn Sales Navigator? Like really personalizing the message. Or?
1: Yeah, I think it's just being real and. Yeah. Yeah, just just being real. We don't come up with, you know, these crazy, cute campaigns and all, you know, put a bunch of emojis in there. I mean, gosh, (laughs) I mean, those those are fine for certain types of marketing. I'm not trying to bash it but when you're dealing with professionals and we're reaching out to people in the C-suite, you know, CEOs and CMOs and marketing directors, business owners. Um, So we're just real with them. We're like, hey, we were we were on your website. We noticed that you're missing a couple things. We're here to help. If you need anything, we'll even do it for free. Let us know if you're interested. And some people will take us up on that first offer and say, "Yeah, I didn't realize I was missing out on a couple of these opportunities." Let's talk. So it's just a series of messaging being a
0: real voice. So I think I really like complicating the soul selling stuff, right? Because it sounds like very easy to me. I mean, it can be.
1: I mean, I mean, we sometimes with the messages we send out are one or two sentences. You know, hey, we were, we were looking at your website or we were looking at your online profile. We think there's opportunities for you to grow. If you're interested in talking, give us a call or click here and schedule an appointment. So sometimes the easier messages actually per, outperform the long, the long tail conversations. But again, got to test it.
0: <laughs> so um, what are your thoughts on content marketing? Do you like it or don't you like it? Because I think a lot of people are like really impatient and it takes a little bit of time. So. Okay.
1: Um, I think the true winners have a content strategy that, that works over and over. Uh, do you know who Billy Jean is? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Jean's a very good friend of mine. He's actually a mentor of mine. A Whoa. phenomenal guy. He's a brilliant guy. We, we talk every other week or so. Cool. And, um, you know, I love his strategies on content. Uh, mostly he uses video, and then he leverages it through YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. But, uh, yeah, the, the more content you can have, the better. The challenge is if you hate it, and that's one of the things. I I don't mind doing content like this, but for me to sit down and create it and conceptualize it and come up with it, (laughs) that's just not who I am. So I either employ people that can do that uh, or I find things that I do enjoy creating content like a podcast. So it really comes back to, again, knowing who you are, knowing what you like, what you'll thrive in, because if you hate what you're doing, you're not going to create content.
0: Sure, you won't stick with it, right? Yeah,
1: you got to find a way to create content that you actually enjoy and look forward to.
0: So let, let's talk a little bit about Billy Jean, because he's your mentor. So what did you learn from him? Like I, 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 I would be interested in, like, so, I think you learned a ton, right? Yeah. So what does he say? Entertain,
1: educate, execute. That's kind of the three words that sum up his model. And uh, really what he does is he, he entertains you, gets your attention online uh, through a really cute video. And he does like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I love this ad. It's so good. Yeah, it's, so his, good. Video, his video ads are fantastic. So, um, you know, he's really just opened my eyes to the power of video, the power of the internet, how to leverage these uh, paid advertising platforms like YouTube and Facebook. So it, it's been great. You know, I think I – I, I invested with Billy uh, three years ago and probably ended up giving him, I don't know, $30,000 over those years. <laughs> and I think I did the math and we've, we've literally gotten a 10 times return. So we've opened up a, de- a department and uh, we're doing about $350,000 a year just through that one department that we did not have before because of Billy. Again, this is the power of mentorship. Uh, I, I know you haven't asked me about this, but gosh, it's important. Um, if, if you see a turtle at the top of a fence post, chances are he didn't get there by himself. <laughs> Turtles can't climb. We need people to push us up that fence post. So I think the fastest way to success is hiring people that are ahead of you and uh, investing in yourself, investing in them, and then watching the return on investment as well. So that's
0: been a, a great uh, lesson for me to learn over the years. So um, I I was just reminded of about like one ad I saw from Billy Jean, and it was like a Facebook ad. Where it just started like wait 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 wait. I paid for this, and then he pitched about stuff. I was like this guy is a genius. I just love him.
1: <laughs> uh, he he really is a very special individual. Um, I'm I'm very grateful for my relationship with Billy and everything that he's taught me.
0: And you know it's. He's a he's an incredible guy. So um, let's end this conversation a little bit uh, talking about mentorship. So, um, like, what are your thoughts on mentorship? I think like mentorship is like really really important because like um, everything we learn from others, like driving a car and learning a new second language and stuff like that, right? So, um, what are your thoughts on 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 uh, mentorship? Speak a little bit to the. I mean,
1: I've put it this way. I I can figure things out on my own, but I'm, I can be lazy to do that. And and it takes a lot of time to figure it out on your own. So if you want to speed up your success with any decent mentor or anybody that you hire as a coach, typically you can speed up your success by three times. So if you want to make a million dollars in the first year, well, that's probably going to take you three years, but if you hire the right people, you can get there in a year. So it's really not you're not going to it's not that you can't learn the things that a mentor can teach you, but they could certainly speed it up quicker for you and watch out for the pitfalls along the way. So I I love having mentors. I've got three different coaches in my life right now. I've got a a fitness coach. I've got a business coach. I've got a marketing coach. And uh, if I can find another area where I need a coach, I'll hire them, too. But I think that's really a secret to success is leveraging other people's experience
0: to get yourself to the next level. And I think like so many people don't do this and uh, there's no downside to to spending time with people who are like way ahead of you. Right. So, no, I, I don't think there's a
1: downside. I think it's uh, actually a way to rapidly grow. It's funny. My dad used to always say to me, Chris, are you always going to take the shortcuts in life? And I'm like, if I can find it, I'm going to take it. You know, and so, so I think I think one of the greatest executive uh, executive shortcuts in life is really just mentorship or finding a great coach.
0: <laughs> so um, I have two more personal questions left. Um, but tell everybody where they can work with you, where they can find you, and where they can hire you, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, if anyone's interested, uh, this book really did change my life. It's called the Performance Planner. It's a, a weekly snapshot. There's a methodology to go through it, um, and I would—I've got plenty of these things that I'd love to give away. So, uh, but if you're interested in doing a coaching session with me too, just go to livelargecoaching.com and you'll find an area there you can—you can fill out a time on my calendar. But uh, if you're interested in marketing, go to interchanges.com and we can greet you there too. But uh, I'd love to be able to help you if you're interested. And for really, for the first five people that want to do it. I can't take on everybody, but I'll do five freebies. So,
0: <laughs> so guys, you have to check Chris out. So, <laughs> livelargecoaching.com. <laughs> two last questions. Okay. So, what have you learned in the last two years that excite you the most? It could be about anything like personal stuff, uh, relationships, health, wealth, business. It could be anything. Um, we had guests talk about like deeply personal stuff. Um, just talk what, whatever you have on your mind.
1: You know, for me personally, I'm a recovering, uh, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Come on, man. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it's really kind of a serious thing because, for, you know, the, the idea that you can, you can grab perfection is really an irrational thought. There is no such thing as the perfect PowerPoint or the perfect spreadsheet or the perfect conversation. You know, so uh, it's funny because I went to one of my mentors in Rhode Island, New York. Very successful guy. Uh, he owns, you know, Ferraris and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and all this. And Who is he? His name is Alan Weiss. So I went and met with Alan a couple of years ago and we were leaving his house after one of my sessions with him. And he said, "All right, let's jump in the Bentley." So he had this convertible Bentley, beautiful blue Bentley, white bucket seats inside of it. But over top of his over top of his uh, cars were these big, huge oak trees. So when I looked in the back seat of his car, he had all this debris, little twigs and acorns and all kinds of little you know dirt in there basically. And I looked at Alan and I said, "Alan, I said you got this beautiful car. I said look at all the dirt in the back seat. You got to clean that up?" And he's a pretty you know direct kind of guy. And he looked at me in the eye and he said, Chris, I just realized the difference between you and I. He said, you look at this car and you see the dirt and the debris. I look at this car and I see a masterpiece.
0: Oh, I love this.
1: <laughs> and, and then he said something that changed my life. He said, Chris, success is more important than perfection. And I had to really think about that. And in so many areas of my life, I was almost avoiding success because I was trying to make everything perfect. So it wasn't like a real problem for you, right? Oh, a real problem for me. And I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of people, you know, perfectionism comes from fear. Perfectionism comes from a a false evidence that appears real. You think, oh, if I don't get it perfect, I'm not going to get the deal. If I don't say the right perfect thing, man, you're you're stressing yourself out to the point where you're going to transfer that emotion to somebody else. So you're better off to go, you know what, I'm just here to be a blessing. I'm here to be a success. I'm here to help you. I'm here to, I'm here to do the best that I can. But by no means am I going to try to be perfect. And guess what happens when you have that attitude? You become more and more successful as time goes on. So success is more important than perfections to all of you perfectionists out there, stop it. <laughs> and a great way to a great way to do that, just practically, when you're 80% ready, go. 80%. 80% is good enough. When you're 80% ready, just go. Forget about
0: the other 20% because that's what drives you crazy. <laughs> so last question. Um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self?
1: Um, the same thing I'm telling my almost 50-year-old self.
0: Stop worrying. So. Stop worrying. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be 50 this month. So I thought like 39 or something, 41 or something like that. Stop. Stop it. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) I appreciate it.
1: Um, Well, two things. Two things I would tell myself. Number one, stop worrying so much. Life is going to work out the way it's supposed to. Because I I ended up in a – I really did. I had a nervous breakdown in my 40s. Uh, I was so stressed out. I was so caught up in trying to just control everything. And I was just so full of worry and, worry and fear. And uh, that's actually one of the things I love to help people with in my coaching program is to get beyond that fear, get beyond those self-limiting beliefs so that you can go and be, be who you're supposed to be without all the anxiety that comes with it. So um, that's a that's a huge thing. The second thing I would say to my younger self is self-care is tremendously important. You know, LeBron James, I've heard, spends up to $2 million a year just on keeping himself healthy, eating the right foods and going to the right uh, training and the right massages and cryotherapy and all of those different things. Well, I don't have $2 million to spend on myself each year, but gosh, I've got time where I can do things to make myself the best that I could possibly be. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm hydrating all the time. I'm eating the best food that I can. I do go get massages. So what can you do to take care of yourself? My dad, again, was a huge influence in my life. And uh, he used to always say, Chris, don't forget to take care of the caretaker. And I said, what what does that mean? He goes, hey, dummy, you're the caretaker. You're taking care of everybody else, but you're not taking care of yourself. So I would say that's a really important thing. It's really, it's important to take care of yourself in life. Self-care is tremendous.
0: Um, I think this episode was so great. Thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much, Hardy. God bless you and have a great day.